This is New Taku, where we talk things anime and manga. We are not experts or gatekeepers. We are just fans trying to share a little with you. Feel free to interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at NewTakuCast or email us questions and requests at NewTaku2019 at gmail.com. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. And please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And please subscribe and share. I'm Jim. And I'm Frank. Frank, did you notice something new? Do I sound different? Uh, you know what? You do sound differently. What's what's going on? Are you doing some kind of like vocal exercises or something like that? Swallowing large phallic-shaped <laughs> foods. Amazing wow. rate. No, I, uh, you know, when with this pandemic first started, we had no idea how long it was going to take before this ended. And we are going into our sixth month, I believe, mm-hmm. half the year, soon. And I finally broke down and got, like, a professional microphone and headphones. So I am not using my 2002 version of a headphone from, like, the last disc man available on the market it was like you you had like a playstation 2 headphone before like uh online gaming was even a thing it was like a weird sort of thing you could be into that's what you were using where i can just like listen to my sim city in stereo but here so there we go look i took forever to do it i finally and now you know what all happened they'll lift everything and i will have spent all this money for nothing so, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? You live and you learn. Weeks. We've been off for a couple of weeks. We took a week off last week. You know you what? Been? I've been I've been all right. Uh, I had a birthday. That was fun, except I'm getting older now, which is not as fun. And um, my, I'm moving as well in two weeks. So I'm going through all of the fun that comes with that. And uh, for people who may not know, I move all of the time. I have moved like... I couldn't even tell you. I think the last time I conservative numbers is 13 or 14 times in the past, like 12 years. So, uh, you know, I'm not all, not, not all in Pennsylvania, uh, a little bit all over the place, but primarily in Pennsylvania, a lot of it is just in Philly moving to various different apartments and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of have it down pat. It's, I will say it's not as stressful as I think, most people do because most people do it so infrequently and have so much so much stuff in their life that I've become almost a nomad where I've talked about this before on the show where I don't collect a whole lot of things and I I've moved so often that I kind of know like what my car can take and like how many trips everything takes and like can I get away with movers or is it just easier to get a pickup truck and who's going to help me oh no one's going to help me because moving sucks and nobody wants to do that and I totally get that um all those fun things that stresses people out so it's just like a week or two of just doing a bunch of bullshit and you know what but that's that's life you know you got to get it done and um, I'm moving into a house now so that's nice. It'll be a lot more room than my two-bedroom apartment, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. But how was uh, your past week, week, two weeks, Jim? Because you went on vacation. You did, you did some cool stuff. I wouldn't call cool. We, uh, yeah, we went and did the family vacation. It was fun. It was relaxing. I drank a whole lot of Miller Lite, and uh, we were down there for the fastest in my in my life. I don't remember a hurricane moving as fast as that one did that we got a couple of weeks ago. That was insane. It was like in and out in a couple of hours. Ripped a bunch of stuff up. Tornadoes happened. Did not much rain here. I know Delaware County in Pennsylvania got swamped, but like I was down I was I I was 
dead center of where all the tornadoes started popping up in Ocean City, New Jersey. And uh, it was fun, though. We had a good time. But then we got back, and uh, the first thing I did when I got back was we sat down on the couch and uh, drank some more beer and watched The Umbrella Academy season two. I did, yes. I I binged it all uh, in like a weekend, like the weekend it came out, actually. Yeah, same. I did, I think, two and a half days, something like that. Um, What were your thoughts? Sure. So I actually really enjoyed it. The first one was a bit of a surprise for me. Like, I had read the the series, or at least the, the two series that they had done, and I was into it, but that was like ages ago when it came out, and I kind of forgot. Uh, a lot of what had happened. Um, so I was a fan going into it. And the second season in the beginning, it was a little, I guess it was a little slow, or at least I wasn't as engaged until about episode kind of like four or five midway through. And then I was like completely dialed in and uh, really enjoyed it to the point that I think I may have actually liked it more than uh, the first season. I thought the soundtrack was great too. Uh, what were your thoughts? Okay, we'll talk about the soundtrack first. Um, so the, the, the show, people who haven't watched it, we won't give anything away. It's it's a quick binge. It's an easy watch. Um, at the end of season one, they get they jump through a time warp thing, and they end up in 61, I believe, right? 61? Yeah. 62? Different time frame, like one year a piece. There's five of them, one year a piece, and then they all converge in 62. 62, is that when Kennedy got shot? I think so, yeah. Or 63. 62 or 63. Anyway. So it revolves around the Kennedy assassination and, you know, uh, spies and powers and, you know, whatever. But the music bounced around from decade to decade. I thought it would have been a lot cooler if they just stuck with music from 63. Because they had some, like, really, like, especially in, like, the oldie time diner scenes where it was, like, they should they played, like, old country and stuff like that. And I'm not a big country fan. But from that era, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. I didn't do this math to see if... They were because they they jump around the different timelines throughout the season if they did every year, which would be brilliant if they did that, like every year that they popped up in and did different stuff. No spoilers, of course, that they were able to like pull a a song from that year. I found it a little weird being a music nerd that I was like, why are they playing this? Why are they playing sticks? This song didn't even come out until like 78. Like, this is weird. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it kind of like was like, eh. Uh, I'm with you with the beginning of the show. I the beginning of the season, I was kind of like, by the end of it, I was kind of like, okay. But I mean, I watched season yeah. three. It's set up for season three, so yeah, it was good enough. I kind of wanted Pogo back. We did get some backstory though. Yeah, cool. that that is what's neat about it is the second one at least kind of filled out some of the characters from season one that uh, don't make much of an appearance in season two. And then, like to your point though, it does such a good job at the end. Because, you know, the, the show's all about, like, now it's all about just little twists and turns that you kind of go into it and you're like, oh, okay, this is about kind of where I expected it to end up. And then it's got a little a little twist there that you're like, oh, now, now I got to watch season three. What's going to happen? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I just, there's that trend with um, Netflix originals that kind of fall off after the first season. So, like, I have that in the back of my head that, like, I wasn't crazy about I, – I enjoyed season one. wasn't – I wouldn't say I really enjoyed – I really enjoyed season one. I kind of enjoyed season two. I'm Now I'm worried yeah. about season three. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, let's nip this – if you're going to do a season three, do it. Nip it in the bud. Don't go – don't just catch cat what, like they did with uh, Strange, Stranger Things. Yeah. 
strange Strangeful things. things. Yeah, where it's all in like season four <laughs> or five now, and you're like, all right, these kids are like thirty. Yeah. Like, what's what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been really cool if they like recast the kids, but uh, they're stars yeah, at this point. You know what I mean? But what are you gonna do? Frank, did you notice that hockey is back? Uh, I mean, I've noticed in that there's a handful of people on social media that talk about it all the time, but uh, I don't really pay much attention to that sort of thing. But I, I'm sure you're excited for it. I think. Oh. Because <laughs> this no crowd stuff is amazing. No Flyers yeah. fans. Uh, I Listeners at home, if you're unaware of the worst sports fans in Philadelphia – it's the Flyers fans. <laughs> they don't. They're, they're a bunch of people that have never touched a stick before, but seem to be experts. I would have to say probably like UFC fans are probably just as bad because there's a lot of people that have never, you know, put on a gi or tried to roll around on a mat that seem to be experts because they watch it on television. But hockey fans are pretty bad, and um, without them screaming shoot every time someone has the puck, it's gotten way better. This is pretty good. I'm enjoying it, and the Flyers are good. They haven't been playing good so so far. I mean, they've been playing okay, but um, yeah. Should I reveal that I'm uh, uh, the, my tattoo? Yeah, go ahead. So uh, uh, this person, Jim of the Nutaku Anime <laughs> Podcast, was featured in the Washington Post because I was the first person to get a tattoo of Gritty. <laughs> at least the recorded history of Gritty. He showed up, and in a rush. I rushed and got gritty tattooed on my leg. I am the Chaos Reigns guy with the gritty tattoo. First person in the world <laughs> with a gritty tattoo. So much so that there's like t-shirts with a ripoff of the design. And Frank can sympathize with this. You know, I did a local uh, news interview with a company called Billy Penn, who's owned by, I believe, WHRY, but they're like a local affiliate, uh, like uh, Twitter news type thing. And I did it with them because I really liked their news channel. Then I got read. Then, then the flyers reached out to me and wanted to include me in a video package, which I uh, said, <laughs> fuck no. And then, you know, because then the Washington Post, uh, no, no, NHL.com interviewed me. So now I've gone national, actually international, if include Canada. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm not doing any interviews unless it's someone better than NHL.com. And then the Washington Post interviewed me. And I was like, I've reached the pinnacle. And at that point, that was like six months after I'd already gotten the tattoo. And then a year later, when in the anniversary of Gritty, it popped up again. I had people calling me again. It was absolutely nuts. And Frank, as I said, you would sympathize. The, the, the artist and myself both were over this tattoo within like three weeks, like regretted it all. I don't want I don't want anybody to know who I am. I stopped watching hockey so people would stop asking me about it. Yeah. But I think the initial wave, like, I'm okay. Like, it's one of those things, like, it's like a, a tragedy, like a trauma, where now I'm okay to talk about it. You know what I mean? It's, like, been a year and a half. It's going to be yeah. two years soon. I'm okay with, with, with talking to people about it. You know, I've, I've you, dealt with You've dealt trauma. with it. You've kind of, like, yeah, like, uh, thought about it, and everything's okay now. I do remember when it was happening, because I, I think, yeah, we largely avoided talking about it on here. I think maybe we mentioned it once, but I do remember – yeah it was a it was a weird enough time too especially because i literally had somebody at my work tell me that they i forget what it was it was either they had it or they their friend had it and they were telling me 
and I was like, wow, that's that's crazy, man. My my friend got the the same exact one. Like it was like a one of those things that people were like bragging about, but didn't really even like know you. It was so weird. Yep. It was like, yeah, I, I don't weird. know. People are strange. But um, yeah, there you go. So there you go. Jim uh, of the <laughs> Taku podcast, uh, second second famous person in Francisville, and, and very good, and, oh, nice gritty guy. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Gritty guy, second most famous <laughs> person in Fra- Francisville. Speaking of which, I parked and picked up my wife. She works at a hospital in Philadelphia, and I was sitting there, and I was a little early, so I'm fucking around on my phone, and I'm sitting behind this fucking space mobile. It's a car that looks like it landed from outer space and immediately went to Shinjuku or something and got like all the Moe girls wrapped around it. So it's this purple and pink thing with cute, you know, manga styled ladies all over it. And then I find out later, I'm like, well, this is the wildest car. I'm not the type of guy to get out and like take photos. So I didn't do it, but people were like walking by and take photos and stuff. And then I find out whose car is it? The most famous person from Francisville. Oh no way! <laughs> the Uzi Vert car. It all tied together. Wow. Okay. Let's get him. Well, I'm sure he would love to be on on the podcast. We should get him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to uh, uh, one of my co one of my um, employees told me that that apparently he's been in the bar. I've never seen him before. I I couldn't yeah. tell you who he is. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's just a dude. Guy. He's yeah. a dude. Hey, that. Uh, you're that oh, dude. you're that you're that guy. Dude, that's yeah. cool. I love your car. Wow. Yeah, your car is awesome. <laughs> All right, I got some more stuff to talk about. Ghost of Tsushima. Have you downloaded it? I have not, but I do have it in my household. I'm still working through Last of Us too, so I will play it. Have you you you've got it, right? Oh, I got it on pre order, baby. It's it was loaded down, it loaded while I was out at like asleep. And I haven't touched it because I'm afraid that I'm going to say goodbye to humanity because I'm very productive yeah. now. You know what I mean? Having nothing to do and exercising and cooking and cleaning. And I'm afraid that this is going to be the entry point into me going into another Skyrim hole where I disappear from the world for six months. Well, I will say as a warning that my brother, who, you know, is he's kind of casual when it comes to games. He picks up here and there. He's he has been like obsessed with it. Like he plays it every day. It's one of those things where that's like what he does in his free time. So there's there's your warning, yeah. and that's him. He's he's he's. That's, that's, yeah, and this is <laughs> no, he's not into as into as into games as you are. So or, or Japan, Japan. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like the whole thing is like supposed to be gorgeous, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to go back, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna be crying playing it. <laughs> All right, last thing on our uh, how was your week? Did you catch Lovecraft Country yet? I did not, no. I actually went to bed early last night. I, I did want to because it, it premiered like 9 p.m. Eastern, so a little less than, yeah. you know, a little more than 12 hours ago. I'm guessing you did. It seems like right up your alley. No, no, I, I haven't yet. I worked last night, so um, we'll talk about it next week then. I just wanted to see if you had watched it yet and to if you were going to talk about it to warn you okay. I haven't seen it yet and we can talk about it. We'll talk about it next week. I will definitely have watched at least episode yeah, one by next week. You want to sure, talk about we'll some news? It. Lots of weird shit going on. You want to start with the good, the bad, uh, the ugly? Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's just let's let's start with the money. Okay. How about that? All right. So this is from the LA Times. Warner Media began slashing its workforce and laying off at least 600 employees as movie theater shutdowns and streaming competition ravage its film and TV business. 
The bulk of the job cuts came from the legendary Warner Brothers studio in Burbank, known for... What are they known for, Frank? Here we go. Ready? Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Pretty good movie. The Big Bang Theory. That's the second example. I guess that's for the boomers out there. They're like, I love that show. And the Harry Potter franchise. They've never done wow. anything else. Uh, the, Pur- <laughs> the Purge comes amid a period of turmoil for the media company, which was acquired by telecommunications giant AT&T. Okay, so how could this affect us? Well, here's a couple of reasons. I'll let you talk after I do mm-hmm. reason number one. So this is from The Hollywood Reporter. The Warner Media layoffs have affected a significant number of high-level figures at comic book powerhouse DC. Roughly one-third of DC's editorial ranks are being laid off, according to sources. Insiders have uh, also said that the majority of the staff of the streaming service DC Universe has been laid off, a move that has been widely expected as Warner Media shifts its focus to the new streaming service HBO Max. Also a victim of the layoffs, DC Direct, the company's in-house merchandise and collectibles manufacturer, which I was always a big fan of their action figures. Very cool, very detailed. It was one of the first, like, uh, along with McFarlane, like, that made these detailed action figures, Mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. Um, So, uh, Frank, your thoughts. Uh, you're our inside man in the comic industry. How's this? How's this going to affect? Sure. Us in the long term? So, uh, with the DC Universe streaming app, that was kind of like everyone knew that that was sort of happening, especially with HBO Max. Um, you know, it's just a streaming service that features DC property, movies, animated shows, all that, and then it had this kind of like uh, aspect where you could binge digital versions of their comics. So that all got absorbed into HBO Max, except for the digital comics thing is still, like, nebulous. And now what seems to be happening, the editorial cuts were were a pretty big surprise, especially because they have this event, I believe it's this week, it's either this week or next week, called DC Fandom or Fandome or something like that. It's Fandom. Fandome, I believe So it's it one of these new, yep. you know, uh, digital-only con sort of event things they're having. And so the timing is a little bit suspect because it's supposed to get people excited for DC. But at the same time, they were like, hey, we're like destroying editorial, which makes the physical comics. Um, They kept some they basically kept one big name, Jim Lee, which is if you're a fan of uh, comics in general, particularly 90s comics, you probably recognize the name. So he has been he's kind of kept his job. And it seems almost as if he sold his soul to corporate because he's now starting to talk about how comic book shops are a little bit of a gateway into or not a gateway. They're a barrier to entry for comic books and that they do better digitally than they do physically. And he's he's saying kind of all this stuff that's a little alarming if you're into print. Um, we'll see what happens, but it seems like what they're starting to say is that, hey, my theory anyway, is that, uh, they're saying, hey, you know what, we want to get into as many hands as possible, so we're gonna put more of a focus on digital first, digital only comic books, and then if they perform well, we'll print them, and I think by print them, they mean put them in trade paperbacks, graphic novels, collect them all into kind of the, if you're not too familiar, the the thicker versions of comics rather than the individual floppy issues. Um, 
which could, if that is the case, could potentially have huge repercussions on the industry in general, especially for local comic shops. So we'll see. I think we're going to kind of get a fuller picture in the next week or two on what their plans are. Um, I think we had mentioned a couple weeks ago, they also had a big thing where they had gone against um, Diamond, which is was their distributor for you know, 20, 30 years, and pretty much no other publisher has done anything like that since. And they're doing their own thing now, which has been very chaotic from a retailer point of view. So, yeah, DC, I mean, um, it just seems like they don't really care. And if I had to guess from a corporate standpoint, they bought, you know, AT&T, Warner Brothers. They all acquired this so that they just want the intellectual properties. I don't really think they necessarily care about comics. Um, Whereas Marvel and Disney, Disney seems to be a lot more hands-off as long as Marvel's IPs continue to print money, which they obviously do, unless you've been living under a rock and you're not aware of how popular those movies are um so yeah we'll see it's it's a little scary it's definitely a little scary um hopefully things work out but there you go from a comic guy that's the scoop yeah i I could see how they um just want their hands on superman batman and wonder woman just so they can make money off the films and tv and everything like else because i would imagine it's i mean like makes common sense i guess that it's much cheaper to just do it digital than it is to do it in print right yeah exactly i mean you're print you're you're cutting out tons of middlemen you're cutting you're going direct to consumer so you don't have to even worry about you know uh, retailers and you know comic book retailers are um notoriously a prickly bunch for one reason or another yes uh, so yes. I could see big wigs in, you know, executive rooms being like, well, why don't we, we barely make any money. In some cases we lose money. Why don't we just stop doing this? You know what I mean? Like, cause to your point, it's the movies and stuff that they really want. That's the, that's the big money. So we'll see. And, you know, considering that they can't put the movies mm-hmm. in theaters, uh, you know, it, these films take, you know, some of them are, uh, you know, half a billion dollars to make. And it's like, how are you going to make that money back? You know what I mean? It's I would imagine cost cutting is a big thing. And a company like AT&T doesn't give a shit about it's not like Disney. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say Disney is like some kind of saint, but Disney was built around animation. So. Um, so is there a way I can get more images of Batman's cock, Frank? That's the question. <laughs> oh, yeah. We forgot to mention that credit, too. So not only the second famous in Francisville, the gritty guy and uh, host of Nutaku podcast, but you're also you own the first appearance of Batman's dick in Batman Damned number one. <laughs> yes. Uh, Frank uh, asked if I wanted a. <laughs> a specific comic book i was like i have no idea what you're talking about it's like it's the first printed image of batman's penis i was like i want some batman dick please so how do i get images more images of uh, i mean i guess you could just go to google and type it in you'll probably be able to yeah you'll be all right there i don't think that tumblr, tumblr. yeah i don't tumblr. think you'll have you have many That's problems right. finding that if you if you're dv dvnr yes all right another way this is going to affect us at&t in particular uh and this is the big news from last week, directly to anime. Uh, AT&T Incorporated, this is from Bloomberg News, AT&T Incorporated is seeking to sell Crunchyroll, its anime video unit, for as much as $1.5 billion, according to people familiar with the matter, resuming an effort by the communications and media conglomerate to jettison non-core assets and raise cash, ties mm. into the D.C., 
Um, the potential sale of Crunchyroll was reported earlier uh, by The Information, which is a tech website, which names Sony Corp as an interested buyer. A representative of, co- of the company's Sony Pictures unit declined to comment. Uh, exploration of selling Crunchyroll had stopped and restarted over the past year as Warner Media Entertainment Division was being as the Warner Media Entertainment Division was being restructured. Sony is the 95% owner of Funimation as well. Frank, thoughts? So this, uh, I imagine, I'm hoping won't be such a big deal. Like I imagine it's going to be one of those things where if they do get acquired by somebody, if they're smart, they'll largely just kind of leave it as is. Maybe improve the user interface. That wouldn't be terrible. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah that would help. Uh, I was kind of hoping when all this restructuring was going on before this, that they were going to potentially do what they did with DC Universe, which was just roll Crunchyroll into HBO Max and just be like, hey, you mm-hmm. know what? Why not? We'll get, you know, we'll get these weebs to, to come in and maybe they'll watch some of the HBO offerings as well. But uh, I guess, you know, they got to make money. So Sony seems like, like you said, with Funimation, it seems like a natural house. And then they'll just kind of combine the two, I'm sure. And maybe, maybe it'll work out for us. Uh I don't know. What about you? What do you think? All right. You're starting to put it into less companies. So we'll have Sony owning distribution with Crunchyroll and Funimation. You'll have Netflix, I guess, is a company that distributes anime. And then there's universal ads that pop up. (laughs) Strangely, at the beginning of weird shows like Arte, and we got one this season where it pops up and you're just like, why did they pick the show? Um, so I, that would be basically three companies that's distributing, distributing in the United States, which, you know, I mean, I guess it would streamline it, but at the same time, you know, you're taking it out of, you're only limiting to certain mediums, I guess, but I don't know. I, if, if AT&T who, who, you know, Crunchyroll doesn't have a great interface, Funimation app doesn't have a great interface either. Maybe we should get them to just sell it all to Netflix and we can, but Netflix again is like. Their interface is weird, too. That doesn't recommend cool stuff. I don't know. Frank, I don't know what the fuck's going on. There's too much money out there in the world. Give me give me exactly. a bill. Are you going to miss, Are you gonna miss like, you know, a couple thousand dollars? Yeah, give, me give, me, give me a little peel a little off for me. Hey, Sony, you want the official, uh, want us to be the official uh, podcast of Sony, and we can just, like, be tell everybody how great a- 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 Sony is? Yeah. Uh, sure. I'll take, we I'll take will sell bucks. out for Sony it's not selling out. It's buying. <laughs> buying in. So buy Crunchyroll. Also, give us some money. We'll be the official Crunchyroll Funimation Sony podcast. We'll rebrand. We'll do it all, Sony. As, br- uh, as brought to you by Universal. You by, yeah. Yo, that's, I'm fine. I can do that. I can definitely do that. I'm okay with that. I got to pay off this expensive exactly. microphone that I sound so that's exactly, like, I love Sony. Walkman. That's awesome. Great idea. Yes. You know, all this is all tying together. These jokes there we are just go. Back and forth. All right, some good news. Well, we don't know if the last one was bad news, but here's some definite good news. Uh, from Variety Magazine, Toei Animation and Kodansha and other anime content providers have banded together to start a channel on YouTube. The goal is to have 30 companies providing 3,000 anime titles by 2022, with the number of views per month reaching 300 million. I don't know how they come up with these numbers, but that's fine. Uh, called Anime Log or Annie Log. The channel was launched Friday by Analyze Log, a company that supports uh, corporate digital strategies. 
Target audience for the channel is currently local, but there are also plans to add subtitle content in English and Chinese for overseas fans. Several companies such as Kodansha, or Katakawa Publishing and Toei um, now operate their own anime channels. Toei's is pretty pretty cool uh, on YouTube, but the partners argue that by joining forces, they can grow their audience and advertising venues more quickly than they could have individually, which sounds a lot like when they created uh, Akira, the mm. anime film. Frank, uh, yeah, I mean, there's really not any negative I can see. I tried to look at it uh, last night, and I don't think that you can, if you're in the United States anyway, you can't even view the content, let alone them have subtitles. But by 2022, it'll get to that point, and I mean, there's really no negative to it. Uh, I think YouTube is a great is a great resource for them because pretty much everybody uses YouTube and you know some of the material on there right now that I I had I saw was geared a little more towards a younger audience which is perfect because I think a lot of younger kids especially like children um, they use YouTube you know what I mean there's like a huge market for that so you, you start them off young sort of thing and then maybe you kind of normalize everything and then they're like you know what this anime is uh it's pretty cool <laughs> what else is there yeah, my nephew yeah, my nephew is four, and when we were down the shore, that's all he did was watch YouTube and play like goofy games like Roblox and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, get the kids, hook them early. It's like heroin. Well, that's the whole thing, right? Especially with YouTube, it's like it's like you know, first hit, uh, first hit's free, bud. And you're like, wow, cool, I really love this. And you're like, yeah, now you can get into the real nasty stuff. Let's go. That's right. Give me what's your parents' credit card number. You little shit. You want to see some <laughs> anime boobies? Speaking of anime boobies, High Dive, my favorite mm. anime streaming service, uh, announced it will be streaming Demon City Shinjuku, which is something I've been pushing on you for weeks now, uh, in Japanese and English subtitles, and an English dub, which is the only access we had on YouTube, on August 17th. Mm. That's today, Frank, at 1 p.m. Eastern, in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. It was directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. You may know him from a show that we reviewed, Ninja Scroll. Uh, it's from 1988, and it's a anime adaptation of the classic horror novel by Hideyuki Kikuchi, which, Frank, you may remember his name from, he wrote, Vampire Hunter D. Want your sure. synopsis? Okay. Kyoya's father was a great warrior, killed at the hands of the diabolic psychic Rebi Ra, who has now opened a portal to hell in the city of Shinjuku. It falls to Kiyoya to finish what his father started and battle his way through demons while protecting a young woman from harm. The only problem is he's not exactly your classic hero type, and his powers are latent. Ooh, Frankenstein. yeah, I'm totally interested. I think... Well, it is all powers. about latent powers. This is a neat feature that they do, because I don't think just... I think maybe it's only High Dive or Crunchyroll. I like this idea that they, they put up these movies, and it's like, hey, it's only for this limited time, and then it goes away. Um, they did it with yeah. Goblin Slayer. The Goblin Slayer movie was like a couple weeks ago, and I missed it, and I was like, oh, man, I... I yeah. Oh, shit. That's I what I mean, but so that's the only <laughs> negative, is like, I well, I didn't understand what was ha like I thought it was going up on the service and then it was staying there like they were like hey it's coming on July 22nd and I'm like cool 
Um, only to find, like, August 2nd when I went to go watch it that, uh, it was like a, I don't even think it's a one-day-only thing. I think it's, like, this time slot, and then if you miss it, that's, yeah. Oh, no, because I wanted to review it, and we're not going to have yeah. time. <laughs> we might have to do the dub on we, on YouTube. We may oh, have well. to. It's a, it's a cool, quickly, quickly. yeah. Quickly, quickly. Stop, 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 stop. We have to go watch Demon Shitty, Demon Shitty Shinjuku. We can do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> All right, here's here's a wild one. So stop me at any point. Uh, we've talked about this before, and uh, it's just okay. So the Australian Classification Board is listing the sales and imports of the first, second, and ninth volumes of Yu Kamiya's No Game No Life light novel series as banned in Australia. Are you familiar with No Game No Life? Uh, besides just the name, no, have I have you not watched? watched. Have you? Um, and I will say that if you've never watched, they do show the little sister's underwear mm. a couple of times, which is absolutely unnecessary. And even watching it makes you feel a little fucking like, well, yep. why? There's plenty of hot babes. Why are you showing the underwear, please? But we are adults, Frank. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the reasons uh, one and two are banned, and this is, I quote, the publication is classified as R.C., and RC basically means uh, it's mere, a material containing content that is very high in impact and falls outside general accepted community standards. Mm. So it's RC in accordance with the National Classification Code, Publications Table, blah, 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 as publications that describe or depict in a way that is likely to cause offense to a reasonable adult, a person who is or appears to be a child, whether the person is engaged in sexual activity or not. Okay. The reason, and number nine is by, uh, banned because the publication says that it describes, depicts, express, or otherwise deal with matters of sex, drug misuse, or addiction, crime, cruelty, violence, or revolting or aberrant phenomena in such a way that they offend against the standards of morality. Once again, mm. government tells us what morality is. Decency and propriety generally accepted by reasonable adults to the extent that they should not be classified. Frank. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I'm really all for when a government comes and tells you what you, you should and should not do. Big fan of that. I also like the thought that there is some sort of Australian government committee that has to both read manga and watch anime to see if it's appropriate or not. Um, so they just yeah. have to... Just yeah, they just have to sit there. But, I mean, I have to imagine then they come out of it, and some of them are just, like, they come out of it with, uh, you know, waifus. And they have, like, this whole, they're, like, super into certain things. They were like, wow, I, I really hate No Game, No Life, because I thought that that was really inappropriate. But, you know what I do love? My Hero Academia. I just, I think it's a great show, you know? <laughs> yeah. Jibril, that's the one character. She's uh, very busty in No Game, No Life. They're probably like, oh, I don't know about that child, but Jibril, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, back to my point about uh, yeah, just anything's like this, just ring of that. Well, the reason we don't blame the person that is a child molester. We blame, yeah. you know what I mean? We don't we don't blame the raper, we blame the girl for dressing too sexy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Very backwards way of fucking thinking. Ugh. It's disgusting. But some real quick background. Uh, I went on Wikipedia, uh, which yeah, I've been known crazy. to do. Very, very, ext- <laughs> very extensive uh, research that I do. So the, the the political party that pushed this through is called the Center Alliance, and they're kind of liberal by U.S. standards. Um, and they applied for these volumes to be classified as they are. Uh, and this guy, Sterling Griff, uh, he he has started this whole thing for anime and manga being accessible in Australia, and he was expressing concerns by uh, calling it child exploitation. It's a drawing. Uh, but from the Wikipedia listing on Mr. Sterling Griff, uh, describing him, it says, Griff is a boring person who doesn't like to have <laughs> people having fun. And as a result, gave a speech in Parliament in February 2020 calling for a bo- ma- um, motion to ban anime and manga depicting child exploitation. So uh, props to Wikipedia and that editor for uh, burying Mr. <laughs> Sterling Griff. Awesome. Don't uh, nah. don't be a child molester, and don't blame it on don't blame it on anime because you do it. It's your problem, pal. Yeah, Go see a doctor. Yeah, Go to jail. <laughs> Get your dick cut off. Um, okay, last last news thing, and um, this is a pretty big one. Act Age. Have you ever read it, Frank? I have not. No, have you? I have not. It's available on the. Uh, it was available on the Shonen Jump app. Uh, here's a synopsis for you. Uh, is there a method of Kei Yonagi's madness when it comes to acting? The young actor has a family of siblings to feed, but she finds herself struggling with her psychological demons when playing a role. Her desperate acting catches the eye of a famous director, Sumiji Kuriyama, who's looking for raw talent to mold. <laughs> Sounds like fucking grooming. Can he help Yonagi navigate the cutthroat world? Of acting without losing her sanity sounds sure, interesting yeah. right <laughs> national uh, Japanese national broadcaster NHK reported on August 8th that the writer behind weekly Shonen Jumps act age Tatsuya Matsuki has been arrested for allegedly performing obscene acts on two junior high school mm-hmm. age girls by the Metropolitan Police Force in a later report NHK confirms that Matsuki admitted to the charges saying there's no question it was him when confronted with evidence the alleged incidents took place on June 18th in the Nakano Ward of Tokyo. Matsuki allegedly rode up behind one junior high school age girl on his bike and sexually harassed her. In Japan, junior high students, and this is a good answer for us because we know have no idea how mm-hmm. old these kids are in these shows, junior high students range from ages 12 to 15. Oh. Police were informed of the incident and started an investigation based on CCTV footage of the area an hour after the first incident in the same area. Another jun- junior high school age student was assaulted by a man that looked similar to Matsuki. The Tokyo Metropolitan Police are currently investigating whether or not the incidents are linked. Matsuki confirmed during questioning that the footage was of him. No question. A Weekly Shonen Jump was quite, uh, relatively quick to act and cancel the series. Um, but they, it's, you know, it's written by Matsuki and it's drawn by a 22 year old artist named her name is uh, Shiro Usazaki so they decided to just like cut it off there the last issue done the final chapter will will not be making an appearance in English now I checked the app last week when this news came out and uh, it was still available but I checked the news this morning, and as of this morning, Shibuya has officially stopped all publication and distribution of the title. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, fuck that guy. I do like, though, how he was just like, yeah, that's, that was me. Like, there's no, there's no denying it. Without a doubt, I, I did that. So, uh, I guess good on you for at least not trying to. No. (laughs) Well, no, like, owning up to it, because this dude's fucking perv. Like, this shit, I mean, it sucks. It sucks for the artist's. And it sucks for the girls involved, obviously, but imagine, like, with an artist, like, you're working with this guy or whoever, another person you don't know, and then you get dragged down in the mud almost, you know what I mean? Like, because you're associated, your work is associated with them. What I'm saying, Jim, is you better not be doing no shit, because my name's not getting dragged down with you. I'm going to be like, I'll know that man. Uh, second most famous man in Francisville, yeah. Gritty Guy, Jim of the New Taco Anime Podcast, also hosted by yeah. Frank, was uh, uh, spanking his cock in the woods. I'll be like, no. Nah, I'm okay. I'm too boring. My name's boring. Francis. I'm, uh, I don't know yeah. Frank. Sorry, wrong, You're wrong, wrong guy. I'm a Francis. <laughs> yeah, fuck that dude. Fuck him. Yeah, bring it, bring back. it back. Yeah. Bring back, the, bring back the failed segment. Fuck Fuck him. Oh, Frank, mm-hmm. it's been a while, and I sound clearer than I have in a very long time. So we decided to dive into some comics and manga we've been reading, and we legit haven't talked about manga in a long time because we're so backed up with anime all the time, and it's just, i got to watch all these shows and shows I don't like, fire reports, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, God, I don't have time to read. But I sat down, and I went to the shore, and I bought a stack of manga that I needed to get caught up on. And I got caught on, on just about all of it. So how do you want to start this? You want to do this uh, since we talked about Shonen Jump? Let's talk about Shonen Jump. And I, I have mine listed alphabetically. Uh, and if you are reading something mm-hmm. I'm reading, I'll let you start, and I'll just chime in when you're okay. done. Okay. So, Frank, why don't you sure. start it off? So I will try and do this alphabetically. I don't have mine listed because I'm not nearly as organized as you like that. But it's okay. easy it's enough, it's Baruto, Naruto Next Generations. I imagine you're not reading this. Okay. I am not. Written by... I have a mute oh! Way, so I, you don't have to listen to me, like, drink. Yeah, like... like... <laughs> uh, written by Yuko Kodachi and illustrated by Mikio Ikemoto. This is also a fun segment because you uh, get... You get to hear me botch everybody's name, so everybody's... (laughs) You should be a riot, and if I didn't read it, I'm not going to know the name. Yeah, exactly, so everybody will have fun with this one. So, I mean, let's be honest, I botch them a lot of times. At least you sell sell it a lot better than I do. Um, I do. People are, like, walking around, you know, in uh, Toronto saying the wrong name because of my dumbass saying it. Uh, so, you know, it's just Naruto, but he he and his friends are older, and they all have kids, um, obviously this is a continuation of Naruto. Um, the world has progressed a little, so technology now is more of an issue where, you know, in the original Naruto, it didn't really make much of an appearance. It's a lot more kind of in line with sword and sorcery in terms of kind of like where it's at. So technology is a bigger deal. Um, you know, kind of a blend of, of the uh, magic that they have there and how that would how that would impact their lives being in, you know, the Leaf Village and things like that. And you get these kind of, like, fun little things where you see characters, fan favorites, and they're older, and, you know, they have kids, and maybe something's changed about them, and they're higher up in their government. And, you know, it's kind of fun in that regard, the wink and a nod, if you're a fan of the original series. Um, 
it sometimes feels like a cash grab for sure, probably because it it, it is one. Um, it's a it's a light enough read, and if you are fans of Naruto, I probably don't have to sell this on you. Um, my one biggest gripe with it is it's one of these ones that's released slowly, like once a month, sometimes even bi-monthly, to the point where like at times I have to kind of look it up because I, I'm curious to see if it um, if it got canceled or it just they just stopped coming out with it. But so far, so good. Baruto, I would recommend it. Don't watch the anime because the anime is not good. But there you go. Barts is one of those, and I've talked about it before in the podcast, is one of those uh, titles that I uh, tried to get into in the manga, and it was just, or Naruto in particular, it was just uh, a little too far along, and then I tried the anime, and it was just so much of it, and, you know, I would say it, it was popular during the time that I wasn't watching anime, so I kind of I kind of missed it, and I tried to get into Baruto, because I kind of know who most of the characters are from Naruto, but never hooked me, but, you know, I you're the audience, people that have... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Frank's the audience. People that were into Naruto will like Boruto, I'm imagining, right? Uh, yeah, there's no way that I feel like anybody's really coming into this that was not already a fan of that universe. I, I guess maybe. Maybe you have younger people who are reading it, and they're like, oh, wait, there's a whole like prequel thing? And you're like, well, I guess, yeah, it's a prequel if you're looking at it in that lens. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on there. You could check it out. I gotta imagine it's, yeah, it's people like me that are just fans of the original yeah, i mean we, we we got we got uh dragon ball z before we got dragon ball in the united states so mm-hmm. it's like oh wait goku did what when hmm? this racist representation of a guy named mr black he had to fight. Yikes. yikes all right um let's move on so i picked this book up well not nest not physically we're talking about shonen jump app uh it's called seventh garden um written and illustrated by mitsuyu Izumi, she was the artist um, on a manga uh, manga adaptation of Mario Kata's Anohana, the flower that we saw that day, which we're going to have to watch one day, because I love Mario Kata. Um, so there's this gardener named Awin, or Awin, and he's in this fantasy world, and he's fighting angels, but spoiler alert, people. Whoa, it's a simulation. Uh, the world is actually like destroyed by like pollution. And there's they're living in the simulation. The people underground are living in a simulation. There's a rebellion up top. And it ended unresolved in 2017. And I did not know mm. that going in. I finished it last week, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I looked it up, and it's the, the, the uh, artist, uh, Izumi, she said that she was going to complete it digitally. It's never been completed. And I'm just going to guess that the simulation twist, which I was not a fan of, I thought it was fucking stupid, pissed a bunch of people off. Because I legit did. I was like, come on, are you fucking serious? It's the Matrix. So that's my that's my review of the seventh guard. I could uh, don't waste, don't waste your time, ladies and gentlemen. It's very long. It was 35 Ooh. fucking chat books on it. Like I was into it and I'm like, oh, we're getting a conclusion. Here we go. Oh, it's a simulation. Well, I don't like that, but I'm almost done, and then it just left me hanging. Yeah, that's the one thing I'll note with the Shonen Jump app is like, because it's happened to me once or twice, where if you're getting into something, you're like, this looks cool, and there's like 15 chapters or something like that. Uh, Do yourself a favor and check to see if there has been any like chapters lately, because I forget what the one. It happened to me 
like six months ago and I was pissed because it got canceled like eight chapters in and I was like what the f- uh, there was what book ah uh, the Shinobi one that I think is there was like some pr- problematic oh, right. stuff going about. on with it um yeah so you just gotta kind of watch out with that stuff uh yeah I I, I had a, a, real quick yeah to for the same thing uh, Guardian of the Witch was another book that I was reading which I wasn't really a fan of but they must have wrapped it up real fast because like all of a sudden they just ended it. Like they were like, Oh, okay. Everybody lives happily ever, ever after ever, or, you know, after chapter 19 and it's like, bye bye. And it's just like, great. I'm glad I wasted. Like if I was reading it live, I'd be okay with it, but I was playing catch up. And then when I finally caught up to the story, I got one more book and then it was over. Yeah. Come on. All right. I have uh, next in line, chainsaw man written and illustrated by Tatsuki Fujimoto nailed that one. Um, devils inhabit the world that will harm humans. You know, there's an organization that fights them who recruits a character named Denji, who is primarily our vehicle, at least in, in the beginning to how we see the world. He's like a unique half human, half devil, uh, after he strikes a deal with his devil dog that effectively allows him to turn into a guy with chainsaws for hands. And his head is also a chainsaw, hence chainsaw man. Um, really wacky, over the top. I've talked about it before. It's a great series. Uh, a lot of kind of kinetic fun. It never quite takes itself too seriously, which I'm always a big fan of, especially with some of the more out there kind of concepts, like, you know, a guy who's got chainsaws for hands. Um, you know, and characters have kind of unique powers based off of these sort of contracts that they make with different devils. Um, so they, like do different things with the different devils and you know some of them like there's one guy who shaves off an undetermined amount of time from his life in order to activate his power and he doesn't know how much at the time and there's like you know they play around with it some unique stuff this is like a great binge read too because i often um it does really well as something where you're like we'll forget about it and 10 chapters this just happened to me we'll have come by and it just, you just breeze right through it. Because it's also one of those mangas that some chapters are just like, this is a this is a battle. And it's like, cool, but, you know, you don't have to be fully engaged. It's just kind of, uh, it's cool. I, I recommend it. It's one of the more ridiculous ones. And um, like I said, they really lean into kind of the wild and weird thing that is Chainsaw Man. It's it's that's a book that you've recommended to me, and I also it's one of those ones that I'm just reading so much right now mm-hmm. that I know that I'm gonna get it's just gonna add to my list, but I plan on eventually reading it. All right, uh, for me, I just read and this came out a few months ago. It was it's called Burn the Witch. It's a 62 page one shot written and illustrated by Bleach creator uh, Tite Kubo. It takes place in the Bleach universe. There's two girls named Noel and Nini. And they fight dragons in something called Reverse London. Now, mind you, I've never read Bleach or watched the anime, so maybe this makes more sense to you, Frank. I did finish it. I wanted more. So, reveal, the anime adaptation is coming this fall, which I knew was coming. That's why I wanted to read it. But it's coming along with a simultaneous manga is going to be released alongside the anime oh wow okay that's cool i actually didn't even know that's a neat thing about the app i didn't even know that was like on there so i'm gonna have to go and and check that out there's so much content on there now and this is one of those times where i'm gonna sound like i'm i really work for 
I, well, I wish, but I, I'm low-key, like, selling their stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, guys, uh, hey, I work hey, man. Yeah. So send us some money. <laughs> yeah, we'll exactly. work for you. But there's just so much content on there now that sometimes stuff gets buried. I'll have to check that out, though. That's 100% on my alley. Yeah, that's a that's another thing uh, about the Shonen Jump app, as I'm about to bury it while you praise it, is that, you know, considering how many books I'm reading, I think, on the Shonen Jump app, I think it's like nine books currently, that it lists them in your continued mm-hmm. reading list, but it, it's kind of odd in the way that it pops up. Like the newest one doesn't necessarily move to the front of the list sometimes. So I have to go through my continued reading list and like scroll through it and find like, oh, this newest episode came out. Or it'll say latest free chapters at the top and you get to read, you know, you can tell what's yeah, next. Yeah, just give us like a favorites tab or a way to heart it or something and you right. can just go and hit that because it just will push things. Not only that, and I'm sure that's the reason it's, developed this way it'll like push stuff that you have no interest in front of the stuff that you actually do so you got to scroll past it right i don't care about this but i mean i mean listen i i I do have interest in one piece but i mean there's thousands of what's nine i'm looking at the app right now 987 issue chapters of one piece it's like i i can wait to read that it's gonna take listen here shonen jump app trust me i know about one piece i haven't (laughs) yeah why, yeah. What is this one? Piece wow, this really? I think I should check this one out. Yeah. Noob. Fuck noob. <laughs> All right. What do I got right, here? Got? Um, I'm trying to go. I like that we aren't reading the same. Yeah, that is kind of like it, it, that's interesting. So, Promise Neverland, which I'm pretty sure you're not reading because you were watching it. Um, written by Kayu Shira Shirai, sure, and illustrated by Pusaku. Timazu. I'm sorry if any of these people ever listen to this. I'm going to correct you in a second as soon as I find something okay. on my list. <laughs> I'm sorry quick. if anyone ever is offended. Correct. I'm just terrible at this. Um, so I use the wiki to avoid spoilers because we've talked about this show, this manga, a number of times. Set in the year 2045, uh, Emma is an 11-year-old orphan living in Grace Field House, a self-contained or- orphanage housing her and 37 other orphans. Uh, life has never been better, with gourmet food, plush beds, clean clothes, games, and the love from their mom, the caretaker Isabella. Mother, Mother. yes. Uh, the bright and cheerful Emma always aces the regular exams with her best friends Ray and Norman. The orphans are allowed to complete freedom except to venture beyond the grounds or the gate which connects the house to the outside world. Um, it sounds kind of boring with that description, but... Um, Basically, to reveal anything beyond that is going to spoil some major stuff. It's really cool. It just ended recently. Um, it, it was good. I liked it. It did not overstay its welcome. Um, there's numerous twists and turns outside of the big one, which is the reason why I had to describe it the way it was. Um, but it is one of those things where even if you do get spoiled, um, you can still enjoy it. Don't think if you get anything spoiled that it's like, well, there's no reason to read this or watch this because um, I know you've spoken to to the series and you've liked it, the anime. I like the manga. It's great. I recommend it. Yeah, without yeah, yeah. that's definitely one of those ones where it's like just go just go either watch the anime or, or read the manga. And we get a season two of the anime coming in Maybe. in the uh, I believe in winter of 2021. So. Uh, I don't think you really need to. Um, I read the manga up to the point where I wouldn't mm. get spoiled anymore. 
So, you know, my recommendation for you is if you want to watch the, you know, you, Frank, is that if you want to watch the anime season one, go right ahead. But if you just jump into season two without watching the anime, you'll be fine because you know where it's going anyway. So, yeah, you know what I mean? And I'll I'll actually tie right into that because uh, uh, this actually just released this weekend. It's a one shot written by uh, Kaiyu Shirai and illustrated by Posaka Demizu. I said it right. Okay. That's the same. same that's the Promise Neverland team. It's called uh, Spirit Photographer Saburo Kano. It's like 45, page, uh, 45 pages. Uh, it's a creepy photographer that takes photos of tortured ghosts so that he can allow them to um, leave this plane of existence. And, you know, the first the first issue was pretty good. I mean, it's a one shot, so we don't know if it's going to get picked up. But these guys have pedigree with uh, our guy and woman. I'm not sure. Uh, with Promised Neverland, so maybe it'll get picked up. But yeah, I just read that one. Yeah, I actually read that one too. I think it, ju- it like ju- like you said, it just went up. I think I read this out. Weekend. I think it was like I think right. Saturday maybe I, or Sunday. I read it yesterday. Know? It's great. It's it's a fun little one shot. I'd be interested to see if it works kind of as a series though. Um, I could see it definitely being one. And like you said to your point about uh, them having the pedigree, I. I imagine that they're probably going to want to keep them happy anyway, that team. So if they want to do a series, I'm sure it'll probably happen. Um, Though I often wonder, like, because, you know, we've explored this, and this will tie into the next book I'm going to talk to, but um, how much an actual, like, series creator or team, how much weight that they have, even if they have, like, a successful or even semi-successful series. Because it's often depicted that, like, this particular particularly shonen jump has like they just don't seem to care like it just seems like it's like hey if your thing like people don't like it you could uh be the the top guy top gal um people don't like it then you're just not gonna have anything you're just not getting published so uh yeah it's um uh, uh interesting point about that is a, a book that i'm not going to talk about uh but i'll just mention it real quick that I started called Time Paradox mm. Ghostwriter on the Shonen Jump app. It's a guy who is trying to get his first book in Shonen Jump, and it drops Shonen Jump a lot in it. And I don't know why they right. would have to jump drop Shonen Jump in Shonen Jump. You're not advertising your product. I own it now. Yes. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense, which is a little annoying, and that's why I'm not going to read it anymore. But it's a nice little look into what it takes to get published, where you have to, like – present it and there's got to be a presentation but you have to go through like yes. a chain of command you need to impress your editor your direct editor and then they have to sit around a table and and figure out whether or not they want to take it so i'm not going to imagine that i, I would imagine that like okay so shui ishida if he wants to do something after ghost uh, after mm-hmm. tokyo ghoul i'm sure that he can go in there and get the one shot probably pretty right. easily but it's all about well, the way shonen jump works is that you have they send out like a flyer and you have to it's vote like on it right yeah yeah, so you vote on it. The list of the readers vote on what your favorite stuff is. And if you, your show, your book, if it's a newer one, it's near the bottom, you might not uh, make the cut. So, so that okay, is right. the one I was going to talk So Time Paradox Ghostwriter. I had oh, written, it's cool. written by Kenji Ichima and illustrated by, this one is going to be hard, Tishinehiro Date um, is the is a okay so you you basically explain the the premise pretty succinctly um about this guy he's he's a struggling artist he wants to to make it into shonen jump it is a little heavy-handed with that um and then he starts 
so it starts off and it does it gives a nice little look into kind of how um, how it operates and it, it's always nice to see these little like nuances you learn a little bit more and more you know kind of how the sausage is made if you're you're into manga or an anime I'm, I'm sure you're gonna get a kick out of that but um yeah it's like this microwave yes yeah, this microwave that shoots out issues of shonen jump jump 10 years in the future and uh he essentially starts taking ideas from this future um these future issues and using them as his own um and it kind of builds on that and you know you get kind of this whole um time travel stuff where you know it's like well it's 10 years it's not that far off like you know maybe the person who actually made it uh you know is do what are they doing now why am i receiving this and it's it's gotten pretty out there especially with the latest chapter it was just another kind of huge sort of twist but the first like five or six are very mundane and to your point it is like very much like yay shonen jump and you're like well i feel like you're like really selling me on the magazine but i don't really know why like i have this app or i'm reading this and that you know what i mean it seems like strange um but yeah it's cool and it seems like it's 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 starting to get a little dark which i'm into um yeah we'll see how it shapes out like i said this is one of the newer ones i think it's only like 10 chapters so we'll see even if it continues on yeah that's it that's why I jumped in. That's another thing, you know, for little background for our listeners. And maybe you don't know this is that, um, I stopped, I've now stopped reading older titles and I'll get into the oldest title that I've just finished up. But, um, I've been grabbing titles that I know are continuing and there's only yeah. a couple of them. And that's why I jumped into, uh, time paradox ghostwriter. I think I will continue to read it. But uh, right now, I just wanted to start banging out stuff that I was already That's deep fair, into. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I will start reading it because I had a feeling because it has like just I mean, it literally has a time traveling microwave. So it's, it has just enough Steins Gate feel to it that I was like, OK, this might start getting dark. And you said it, it's starting to get dark. Yes. OK, cool. Steins Gate was got mm -hmm. best when it was dark. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say is it, it it definitely feels a lot more like Steins Gate where it's at right now than it does in the beginning of it. But that's how Steins Gate was too. You know what I mean? Yeah, Steins Gate, the first half of it was, uh, you know, happy-go-lucky time travel. You knew that something bad right. was going to happen. And then the second half is like, holy shit, this is dark as fuck. Go back. Shows. We read that like five years ago. <laughs> yes, five years ago. It's like 12 <laughs> months ago. But it's, I think it's like our second episode or Fair something like that. On, yeah. That's crazy, crazy man. We've been doing so this long so long. Experts, we're experts, gatekeepers. We officially turned into what we hate, and for some reason, I have a, I have a accent now. What I don't know. Accent? That's like that? that's like <laughs> us in ten years in the future, and for some reason, I have an accent, and we're gatekeepers. <laughs> yes. So my next one on my list is Kaiju Number Eight, mm -hmm. written and drawn by Nayoya Matsumoto. Read it. it. Okay, so there's Kaiju and Little Kaiju, and they appear in Tokyo, and there's that Kaiju attack force that takes them all out, and our main hero, whose name escapes me, um, maybe you have it written down, is uh, works for like the sanitation branch, cleaning up after the Kaiju get knocked out, but he always dreamed to become a Kaiju killer, because he grew up with the number one Kaiju killer, this girl, whose name escapes me, of course, 
And then one day he turns into a human kaiju hybrid and he's a superhero. And I like this. I like the con- the combination of cool mm-hmm. monster design. It's got like a classic shonen action thing where he's going through trials and tribulations because he's now been awakened and wants to become a kaiju fighter again. And it's got comedy, and I really do enjoy this book. Yeah, uh, it's great. It's a great jumping on point, too, because this is, I think, out of everything so far we've talked about, I think there's like six chapters. There's definitely less than ten. There's like nothing out there right now. Uh, Seven just came out. Seven came out last week. It's super cool. Uh, Oddly enough, it it brought to my attention how there's not a whole lot of kaiju-related manga and anime, or at least like in the recent past um which i was kind of surprised at when i really thought about it um world's cool definitely into kaiju it seems like this is geared towards and i'm gonna i'm just gonna say it right now i think we're gonna we'll end up getting an anime of it maybe not immediately but it definitely seems like i don't know maybe i'm just super hyped on it but uh it's it's worth checking out it's good good no yeah i agree i that's that's uh I'm interested to see where it goes, which is always a, you know, that's that's the big part of it. No, go ahead. Cause you're oh, next. okay. Shit. I was like, <laughs> yeah, what do you want me to do? I was just, okay. Uh, I thought I said it, but yeah, I said what, what I wanted to. What do you want? All right. Um, well, I only have one more on the Shonen Jump out. Let me double check, because I know you probably have a couple right, more. I okay. too, so. So, uh, last I'm going to talk about, which I, I've talked very early on, haven't talked much about it recently, World Trigger, written and illustrated by uh, Deseke Ishihara. Um, it's a world where beings from the outside of uh, our plane of existence called Neighbors come in and invade, and the invasions are frequent enough where they start up an organization called Border, um, which is kind of founded to combat it. It's kind of a classic sort of uh, shonen tale. Um, their border sets up kind of an academy. They recruit these, um, you know, these younger younger people, uh, and they have powers called triggers. Um, one of the unique things about it, though, is like, so when you think of a lot of shonen, uh, especially when there's powers involved, um, you know, everybody's kind of has their own unique ability, and it's like this guy does this, and he's the only one in this world that does it, but this guy also does something completely different, and he can turn invisible, and you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, triggers in this world are more kind of like everybody sort of has the same ability set. And they have um, their kind of natural ability is depicted by something called Tryon, which is sort of like a like a mana magic source. So some people have a lot of it, some people don't have any at all. Um, yeah, they've played around with it. And other Naruto is a great example of that, where like you know some people have kind of different sort of natural reactions to it. But for the most part, it is. Uh, it's shown in through and through. I love it. I've been reading it now for a while. I originally got into it because of the anime. The anime was like kind of canceled or something because there was there was issues with it. And from my understanding, they're now doing a second season that's that'll be coming up soon, which I will watch and I will review. I won't put you through it, Jim. But uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love World Trigger. I, I would recommend it. But it's also something that I think is like, you know. We're like over a hundred chapters at this point, so I don't really blame anybody if they don't feel like getting in, into it. It's definitely one of those titles that I know about because it's it's praised mm-hmm. all the time. 
Um, I just realized I told you I only had two left. I have like eight left. Um, next up for me is we'll, we'll call this the bad category. Uh, Mashal, Magic and mm. Muscles. Uh, art and Story is by uh, Hajime Komoto, and uh, it's basically Harry Potter plus One Punch Man. There's a character named Mash, and he joins a magic school with no magic powers, and he Saitama's his way all through all his opponents with push-ups. It's completely unoriginal, but I do laugh at it enough to keep it reading. Plus, in researching this book, I also realized how much the quote-unquote experts... Uh, that uh, gatekeeping experts hate oh, this wow. book, that it's a ripoff. So uh, I'm going to keep, keep <laughs> going with it, and I'm going to enjoy the really bad jokes in, in cream spite pops. of those. So yeah. fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck them, fucking uh, assholes. Frank, you're going to talk about One Punch Man? Uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk. We, I don't have it marked down, but we can uh, we can talk about it. Well, you go ahead and talk. Well, I'll, I'll lead you okay. into it, and you can talk about sure. it, because I have a lot yeah. to talk about. So it's, you know, One Punch Man. We all know right. One Punch Man. Um, I think everyone at this point, I don't want to sound pretentious, but everyone, it's crossed into, you know, non-anime and manga. Um, yo, the art in this fucking book is amazing now. Frank, yeah, no, uh, I definitely agree with that. That's like, kind of like the big thing with this book where it currently sits, is the art is by and by probably the best that yeah i would say that i'm probably reading out of almost everything um the battles just feel very big and organic and energetic this current arc has felt my only complaint with the book is like the current arc has felt a little long in the tooth it seems like it's been on the same arc now for over a year at least that i can remember um and if you are into Saitama specifically, you know, One Punch Man, he is, like, barely in the book anymore. And we kind of see this. He's, ride, he's riding around <laughs> on a, uh, a mine cart. Right. So episodes. it's, like, it's interesting for me from, like, a manga and anime because it's, like, one of the few things that I do both of where uh, I think a lot of people were into the anime because of him. And in the manga in particular, he's, like, almost like a side character at this point. I feel like some of the other characters have kind of come to the forefront and have been pushed forward. And uh, we'll see how it ends up. This current arc, the the whole monster society thing that they've been building up to, looks like it's, it's starting to finish out. So I'd imagine we're going to get a conclusion at least by the end of the year. Uh, and I, I would be interested to see where where exactly they're going to go with the story and the universe. But I, I'm still hyped on it. The only thing I don't, the other thing I don't like is just the release schedule. Sometimes it, it like disappears for a while and then pops back up. Yeah, it'll pop up like three mm. three in a row and then it'll disappear for a month. Um, I will say that you know Saitama is not in it much, but he is a steam stealer when he shows up and he has still has all the jokes, but. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's we know what's going to happen. He's going to yeah. show up and kill off Ororogi or whatever it's good names. What's it called? Ororochi? Psychic Ororochi yeah. it is now? This is like the, when you were talking about books that don't have kaiju. This is legit the only kaiju book I think I can think of right now because, yeah. it's But the art, I mean, uh, Yusuke Murata is just like, he's destroying it. it is, it's such a gorgeous fucking book. It's just full splash pages of battles and shit. So much that you're like... 
you know, I'll pause and, you know, with the app, you have to kind of scroll back and forth on the full pages and you're kind of like trying to catch all the details because there's so much going on. It's really cool. But yeah, story-wise, if you liked Saitama, uh, maybe you might not like yeah. this too much because he's not in it at all. All right, I got a couple more. So let me go through these. I got a book called Mori King. So it's art and story by Tomohiro Hasegawa. It's a grade school kid named Shoto, and it's a common thing in Jap- uh, Japan grade schools to have pet beetles mm-hmm. during the summer. So this beetle, he's taking care of this beetle, and then one day it turns into a very handsome boy named very Mori handsome. King who is destined to become the king of insects. So these challengers show up, and they're all different bugs. It's weird comedy. The sister is pretty funny, and it's just how these bugs just work their way into their li- into these this family lives, this family's life. It's just weird enough and funny enough. I, I and it's drawn pretty well, but it, it, I I would recommend Mori King. It's it's pretty cute. It's pretty funny, especially for kids. Uh, I have Undead Unluck, which I've talked about before. It's the art and story of uh, it's by uh, Yoshifumi Tozuka. I have no fucking idea what is going on in the story. There's like superpowers and some people are stealing other people's super powered people and it's super wordy. It's a fucking mess, the show. I do like the art though. And last on my list is Ghost Reaper Girl, which just came out. It's uh art and story by Akisa Saike, who did Rosario to Vampire, so mm-hmm. you know where I'm going with this, sex A. Uh a guy calls himself a he legit calls himself a lolicon. Oh. And he sexually harasses a 30-year-old B-movie actress because she looks really young. But he's a ghost, and he bonds with her to transform into, like, a ghost-killing girl named the Ghost Reaper Girl with a scythe. It's weird, and it's creepy. It's two issues in. I'm sticking around to see how much creepiness I can handle before I fucking bail on this thing. Because I wanted to bail after the first issue, because it's just as soon as I saw Lollicon, I was like, what the fuck is this crap? And then I was like going through it and now there's a new character who's like a fox spirit and he's a creep and they're basically living with her and making her expensive meals. They're like, it's like a harem, but I'm going to stick around to see my boundary on creepiness and how people could watch this shit or read this shit. And I I don't know because I was ready to jump after one issue, but that's my um, Shonen Jump app list. It's extensive, but we haven't even gotten to the physical stuff so frank i'm gonna let you start off with the physical so stuff. the physical stuff if we're saying just in manga jim i only have one and it's not even really What's physical that? um it is shumatsu no valkyrie or record of ragnarok um this okay. is published by tukuma shoten which i believe is a seinen magazine um it's written by shinya Umimara and Ulim, Umimura. Umimura and Takami mm. Fuki. Um, the story begins where gods call convention to decide whether to let humanity live or die, and they settle on destroying humanity. But a lone Valkyrie puts forward a suggestion to let the gods and humanity fight one last battle as a last hope for humanity's continued survival. Um, I actually read this one digitally, and it's pretty much the only other thing outside of the Shonen Jump app that I'm keeping up with, uh, mainly because it is, as far as I know, not in English. I don't think there's there's mm. any other way to read it. Uh, it's a great kind of uh, battle story. It pits gods against well-known humans. Um, so if you 
We've talked about this book before. Yeah, I talked about an upcoming. If it's like a oh, I dude, so hyped on it then because I've been like really digging it. I'm pretty sure I've definitely just brought up a page trying to look into some of the stuff about it, and it's I've definitely looked through this before. But go ahead, no, no worries. Uh, It's super cool if you like mythology or history. Uh, ideally both because you're going to love it you're going to get some cool crazy things that happen you know uh from the god side it ranges from uh, it's it's mainly seems a little tilted towards greek mythology which makes sense because um you know that's usually what a lot of people at least know somewhat extensively i think if you're into into uh, mythology and there's a couple other um ones that are prominent and then on the history side it has everyone ranging from european to american to chinese and japanese history you know even a couple characters or i guess people that i had to like look up and was like oh who is this person and they're like okay it was a it was a real person you know five 500 Jesus? years ago Jesus is not in it but Adam is in it well then sorry, <laughs> you're out you're like nah do it I can only my lord my lord and savior Jesus yeah Christ, I mean he would one. be number Go well ahead. I think that they didn't include him because he's both the alpha and the omega so he would just automatically win I mean so, so he's also a wimp. problematic like <laughs> yeah, that's the other yeah. thing too oh, it's just like a, a lot of like yeah man let's not fight and they're like no that's the whole point of this story is like to beat the shit out of each other uh <laughs> jesus is a soy boy <laughs> jesus is, jesus was the first soy boy yeah he was the original, the original soy, soy boy, boy. <laughs> sorry i'm only kidding i am not i am not i am not uh q yeah yeah we really but... yeah um definitely recommend it great battle anime uh it, it's it's really a lot of fun like i said it's not it's not english you can't get it in america but um you know, a very easy Google search will will lead you to what you're looking for. So that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> no. Muted my microphone. I'm I'm into this mute. All right, so I'll start with one that I finally finished. It's an older book, not older necessarily. It ended in 2019, but I was waiting for the U.S. release of the last books, and then mm-hmm. COVID hit. But I finally finished Tokyo Ghoul mm. RE. It took forever to do it. I had to get caught up. I was a huge fan of the original story. Story and art are by the brilliant Sui Ishida, who I talked about earlier. Um, the cast by the end is massive, and every character has his own motivations. I got lost a lot of times, but it had a great finale to a very, very convoluted story by the end. I recommend it to anyone now that the whole story is available in the U.S. I had to wait. So, like, a lot of times I got lost and I was, like, trying to remember who the fuck people were. The art is gorgeous. It's worth it for the art in particular. And plus the last, like, couple of pages, it's, you know, Ashida is talking about his thoughts on the story being finished. And it's pretty, it's a pretty good look into see why, in particular, the anime, the the back end of the anime kind of fell apart. And the pressures that he dealt with, with this popular, super popular character, uh, title. And it's very cool. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It is a lot to read, though. I think it was 30-ish, 30 Takobans of the original Tokyo Ghoul, and then another... No, I don't remember how many. I think it was 15 and 15, so multiply that by five, five issues per book. It's a lot lot of reading. But it's it's gorgeous. It's on, I think the... It's on the Shonen Jump app, at least the original, yeah. It is on the Shonen Jump app, yeah, but I I, I had the physical. I started with the physical, and when I was talking about, like, how I'm done reading Mm. old books, this is... (laughs) 
this is the one like <laughs> i'm done I, I i couldn't this is too much i took forever for me to finish it off and i'm i'm finally finished so is it, it i'm gonna do it is it something item. like i have not because for the most part uh I don't think I've had anything that I've read for a long time that has ended. I usually either read things very quickly and then they end, or you know it's already finished. So with Tokyo Ghoul for you is it is it a bit of a kind of a sweet goodbye where you're just like, are you sad to see it go? I guess is what I should ask. Uh, I'm yeah, happy so it's over. Yeah, but not in a bad way. Not like oh my god, thank god that's over. No, I'm happy it's over. It ended the way it mm-hmm. should have ended. You know, our heroes win. You know, the world's fantastic now. But it was a good... It got so convoluted at, like, the back end of these stories where it was just, like... There was... I'm, like, legit. I'm telling you, there's, like, 50 characters. And, you know, everybody's got their own motivation. And it's just, like, sometimes you're like, oh, shit. And he... You know, to Ishida's credit, he gives everybody a conclusion to everyone's stories like people get married people you know get reunited with lovers and you know what i mean like and people have children and move on and one person becomes a teacher the other person becomes like retires to the countryside you get all of this and they tell you oh i just punched my microphone because i'm very excited and they talk about um like all this stuff he talks about all of it which was great like for all the convoluted nature of the back end of the story like the final Mm. arc it wrapped up really well where I felt like, man, that was really like, that was a cool ending. I loved it. And then his thoughts at the end, it's like a page full of him just talking about, you know, the pressures of dealing with a popular title and how he's like, basically like, I don't have to do anything now if I don't want to, I'm glad this is over. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is a monkey off his back. The pressure is off his back. Very cool book. I, yes, I love Tokyo ghoul and the art is gorgeous. Like I said, I'm going to do okay. another one. Yeah. I got no, a lot keep going. I'm going to do one that actually ties into something that you know. So Beastars. I'm completely caught up on Beastars. It's written and illustrated by Paro Itagaki. Uh, and for people who are unfamiliar, we follow a kind-hearted Cherryton High student, Lagoshi, like Bella Lagoshi, Lagoshi, the wolf, and the problems of living in an anthropomorphic world of carnivores and herbivores. This is a very good book. Uh, I still love it. The last chapter, the latest chapter goes past the anime from right. what you watched. Frank, you want spoilers? Uh, no, I don't want spoilers, actually. Unless it's, okay. is it like a big spoiler? It's, you know, <laughs> it, it's definitely the story arc ended with the anime, and we're picking up a new story arc, and it's starting to evolve. Okay, then the, I don't want to but, know. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, season two is going to be the story arc. You can just tell it's mm. the way it's structured. And it ended, like, it goes pretty scene for scene with the anime. It's really well done. The good thing that, uh, it, uh, Itagaki does is that she has and we've talked about it before when we were reviewing the anime is working real life things into the yep. manga and anime like you know like references to real life stuff there's like in newspapers like on the if if you you gotta read the details like if someone's reading a newspaper on the back page there'll be like an article about something that kind of ties it. it's just very silly and it involves mm-hmm. animals and it's just it's very cool I liked it I liked it a lot uh, so I have, do you want me to go into American comics? Cause I have a couple of those. Okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? So uh, I have a couple of American comics. I, um, for those of you who don't know, I read quite a bit of them, uh, like a lot. So I just kind of went with the three top ones that came to mind. I'll start off with DC since we had talked about it. Deceased by Tom Taylor and art by Trevor, uh, Hayson. 
Um, it's basically zombies plus DC characters. If you're familiar, a very similar title, if um, you have read the Marvel kind of end of it, there was a book called Marvel Zombies. Um, originally, the first one was written by Robert Kirkman uh, of Walking Dead fame. If you're into zombies, there's almost no way you have never heard that. Um, this is a pretty cool horror story. You know, it's set in the DC universe. We get uh, heroes and villains coming together during a zombie apocalypse. No one is safe. You get these kind of cool um, combinations of, you know, heroes working together with villains. Obviously, people turn into zombies. So, you know, heroes all of a sudden are into brains and all this kind of crazy stuff. It's a really good read if you like alternate universe stories um, set in, you know, the DC universe or just zombie books in general. Uh, you could probably go in cold just knowing, um, you know, the Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. You would probably pretty be pretty safe. There's a couple deep cuts in terms of characters, um, but I think they do a pretty good job of... Uh, of kind of explaining who those characters are without going into, you know, the 60, 75 years of DC history that you sometimes I can understand is a little overwhelming. You can dive right in. A lot of fun. Um, and the series is popular enough now where it's going on to, like, its third or fourth ser series in it. So Deceased is just one, and then they now they have, like, Deceased... Uh, blah 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 and deceased unkillables and like deceit like so there's a couple different things it's neat you like dc heroes you like zombies pick it up there you go okay <laughs> are zombies still a hot uh i'm not too sure i mean yeah i guess they definitely the comic side they definitely died down walking dead ended and it, this is like the only zombie book I know of that's on the stands right now, so probably not. I mean, I guess they're just like, well, we can get our zombie crowd with this they, zombie. They story. got me. I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go with uh, how heavy are the dumbbells you lift, which is something we've joked about since the beginning of the end of us recording. Um, it's done by Yabako Sandrovich and illustrated by Mam. M-A-A-M. Okay. So we basically get high school girls and their secret famous cosplaying teacher work out in the gym. And hijinks ensue. It's funny. There's plenty of fan service. I mean, it's high school girls sure. work out. So. But it's totally instructional. Like It, it legit breaks down working out, building muscle. It there's an entire like two-page thing about what beef you should eat <laughs> when you want to build certain amount, like you want like lower fat, higher protein, stuff like that. Um, and without this book, Frank, how else would I have found out what a ghetto workout was? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you would have found out what a ghetto workout was. Uh, I thank God. Thank God. This <laughs> Japanese product was going to tell me what an American ghetto was like, Oh, it's just a workout. Yeah, Thanks. It's, it's just a it's just a um, body workout. No weights. It's that's all it is. No weights. It's just doing push ghetto ups workout. and uh, yeah. ghetto. Yeah, ghetto. Right. Exactly. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on. Uh. All right. I'm still diving in. I got I got two more left here. You got? Do you still have like thirty? I have okay. quite a few. So I'm going to recommend the X-Men run. 
um, in its entirety that Marvel has going on right now. It is overseas. It's called X-Men. The title's called X-Men. So it's just the X-Men, the House of X-Men, the entirety of uh, the the books that they have now have been redone by Jonathan Hickman. He's the writer on the books, and he does the main book that's just called X-Men. And the art is primarily done by Lionel Francis Yu. Uh, they gave him a lot of times the way that Marvel works is with some of their their titles, X Men and Avengers. Oh, sure. I want to cut yeah. you off real quick. I'm very confused by the. So that's just term. so what, 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 yeah. It, it, I meant as in run. So like you know, oh, like all, all the, the titles? titles underneath X Men. So oh, like okay, X Men okay, as okay, is. Gotcha. I'm thinking it's like oh, it's all the music. So that's that okay. Fast. No, that's that's my fault. So it's like X Men, X Factor. Uh, Wolverine, you know, like every title that would be in the X-Men universe. Um, they gave the reins over to Jonathan Hickman. Marvel does this from time to time. They do it primarily with X-Men and Avengers, where they'll just kind of give creative control to one writer, and they go to kind of play with the whole, the whole shebang of books underneath that particular thing. Uh, in my eyes, it kind of like revitalized X-Men, which was a little waning for the past couple years. Um, it featured, at that time, Brian Michael Bendis had control over it, and he was, like, on his way out. He, he now works for DC. He writes for DC. And he was just, like, introducing concepts that I thought were just kind of boring. But uh, for Jonathan Hickman's writing, he's got the mutants together. They are now effectively known as kind of a... A nation. They're a recognized nation. Uh, they even have a seat at the UN. So the X-Men are finally, and the mutants are kind of getting their due. And they have like a bunch of cool, unique things going on. Um, they have access to sort of this medical technology that allows them to um, effectively resurrect themselves. Um, so they don't have a fear of like death anymore. Um and they have introduced a bunch of new kind of villains and characters, and they they just feel like they're they're it's a bigger it's a bigger story, which is something that Jonathan Hickman has always kind of excelled at. Um, it's a fun thing if you if you haven't been into X Men and you've read it before, it's a great jumping on point. Um, you don't need to know a whole lot. Um, due to COVID, it actually slowed things down. If that wasn't to have happened, publication wise, I probably would say you might be a little too too far gone to jump in but uh it happened at like the beginning of the year and uh the main x-men title is on like issue nine so you can get into it it rewards you for reading the other titles but you don't necessarily have to uh it's great i love the x-men and i'm finally happy to see them actually um doing something with them i imagine it has something to do with the fact that they're going to start doing movies and stuff but who knows yeah Mm. Marvel, Marvel is Disney, yes, and they, they acquired the mutants a year or two ago through Fox. I don't remember when that happened, but yeah, mm. so there you go. Mm-hmm. Go. We're gonna. Uh, do you watch any of the television shows? Isn't there any mutants TV? The shows New Mutants. So that movie is coming to theaters next week or Friday. Oh, oh, okay. uh, but the T. Te- yes, yeah, exactly. Theaters. Yep. They're it's coming to theaters after being shelved for like two years because Fox originally had it. Um, it's been like in the can, it's been done for, for a while now. And now they were like, Hey, you know what? 
we're going to release this movie when, like, three-fourths of the market literally cannot see it. So, like, great <laughs> idea. <laughs> it's going to do a great job. Yeah, exactly, plan. yeah. I will go with uh, something I praised over and over again. Just uh, Oh, Maiden's mm. Your Savage Season. Mario Kata wrote it. It's illustrated by Nao Emoto. It's the story of young girls in high school, I believe. Mm. They are in high school in a book club, and they're dealing with their burgeoning sexuality. Great book. Very realistic. Be yeah. crazy anime. Pretty scene for scene. I love it. Frank failed me and didn't get me a copy. I had to order it from the dreaded Barnes and Noble, but I had a gift card, so I had to oh, use so it anyway. Did so did it, did it end? Is the series over? Or is it still ongoing? Oh, okay, no, it's cool. still going. I haven't got I haven't gotten a chance to read the newest mm-hmm. one yet. No, it's um, so far it's the books themselves. I don't know how many are released in in Japan, but um, the sixth is mm-hmm. the newest one, and we're still in the anime. Like it hasn't oh, been okay. the anime yet. Yeah, good. I have Anything one else? more, so. Go ahead, because okay, I got cool. a couple more. Uh, so, keeping up with, with the three, I have an independent book, quote-unquote independent. It's published by Boom Studios. Uh, Something is Killing the Children. It's written by James Tinney and the Fourth, and the art is by... Yeah, that's right. The art is by uh, Weather Del Idara, I believe is how you say their name. Um, when the children of Archer's Peak began to go missing... Everything seems hopeless. Most children never return, but the ones that do have terrible stories. Impossible stories of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. Their only hope of finding and eliminating the threat is the arrival of a mysterious stranger, one who believes the children and claims to see what they can see. Her name is Erica Slaughter. She kills monsters. That is all. That's, that's her a, legit name, or is that not? Well, name? yeah, that's her legit name. Yeah, Erica Slaughter. She's the cousin of we- the she, former uh, Cleveland uh, Cleveland Browns receiver yeah, Webster I mean, Slaughter. I, they haven't dived that much into it, but po- I mean, that sounds like a good enough backstory. I'm gonna that's, say that's, that's true. canon. Go ahead. She she kills monsters. Do. That's all she does, and she bears the cost because it must be done, Jim. That's it. That's the official. Oh sim- yeah, Very I didn't. Dramatic. I didn't write that one. Um. If you like Buffy, or at least the idea of it, that's basically kind of what it is. A woman shows up to a town um, that knows more than kind of anybody else does. She's kind of trained to fight monsters. We're only on issue eight right now, so the first arc like just wrapped up. Um, so there's not a whole lot to tell beyond that description. But it's definitely one of those things where this universe, it's you know, there's a lot more going on than anyone knows, and you know, characters kind of show up. There's two right now. Uh, Erica being one of them, who know what's going on, and it, it seems like part of a, a larger thing at play. Um, it's really cool. The art's really, really unique. Honestly, if you didn't want to read it, um, but were interested enough by the premise, it it's in like very early talks that it's getting picked up by like Amazon or Netflix or something. So it's like a really hyped book right now. Um, so you can just right. wait a year, and I'm sure it'll be on Netflix. But uh, I recommend it uh, as a comic because uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's cool. Like I said, if you like Buffy, you like monsters, you like monster slaying stories, this one's for you. And it's got, obviously, a strong female lead when your character's name is Erica Slaughter. Yeah. Slaughter. <laughs> so, right. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's, there's uh, Frank's American Comics Corner. <laughs> I um, 
yeah, listen to our back issues to hear my opinion on yeah. Buffy the Vampire yeah. <laughs> Slayer. Maybe if it's more like the first two seasons, maybe I'll like it. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, Way of the House Husband. Uh, it's written and drawn by Kosuke mm. Ono. Uh, basically, the story of a... It's a slice of life, frankly. Slice, slice of life. life. You know, it's like everyday things. Yep, no, no, like, continuing story, really. It's the story of a retired Yakuza legend. And now he's a house <laughs> husband. It is very funny. It is action-packed. It's very silly. It is legit laugh-out-loud funny. Um, it's very well-drawn, and we're getting a live-action version of it which i'm very excited for if you look up on youtube there's a couple trailers for it and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun in particular it's the um uh story arc what story we'll call the story arc the issue where he goes to war with a robot um robot vacuum it's, it's I'll have to get so funny did you I'll catch have any to get the second the second volume from you well i read the i read the first one but i didn't i uh and I've been keeping up a little bit with it because it won a, uh, I think it was a Hugo. It recently won like a pretty major award, which is um, an Oscar. No, a, <laughs> no uh, yeah, well, I, uh, maybe a Tony. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna look it up now, but uh, it's a yeah. way of the house husband. But continue on with your. That was my Broadway. That was my Broadway. Husband. Looking it yeah. up. Okay, I'll keep going then. You might have thoughts on this one. Okay. Um, Ascender. Uh, this is the only Japanese comic, non-Japanese comic I'm reading. It's written by Jeff Lemire, 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 and penciled by Dustin Gwynn. Uh, it's the sequel to the space opera Descender. Uh, the galaxy at this point has collapsed after super robots return to free persecuted robot slaves. So now instead <laughs> of science running the universe, it's now run by magic and mystical powers. There's vampires and shit. It's an excellent book. I love this book. Yeah, you really nailed that description because whereas uh, Ascender is like sci-fi almost through and through. Descender. Yeah. Descender. Descender is sci-fi. The That's the first there you one. go. Ascender yes, I mixed them up. Descender is like sci-fi through and through. They like really, with this sequel series, Ascender, it's, uh, yeah, it's like, it's... Yeah, it was like a space opera. And, and now it's a fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, That's there's great. witchcraft, there's vampires. It's really cool. It's got a little something for everybody. Um, the uh, art style is, I forget who does it, but uh, it's its great, yeah. Uh, it's, his name's Dustin yes. Gwynn. Yes, very good. Very stylized, yeah. very cool. I can... Yeah, it's beautiful. It like, looks like watercolors. It's really cool. Um, all right, so let's see what I have left. I have two left. So this is a little book you may have heard of, Frank. And surprise, surprise, this is my first time reading it. Akira, written and illustrated by Katsuhiro Otomo. The movie was Mm -hmm. cool, right? The manga is fucking amazing. I can't believe it took me 35 fucking years to read this. Tetsuo is a fucking asshole. Do you want spoilers? It's 35 years old. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so Tetsuo, at my point in the storyline took over the clown gang because he gets these massive headaches from escaping from the Akira project. So he takes over the clown gang because he needs the drugs and the drugs he's doing, he's doing, he's shooting fucking heroin. <laughs> what? This, yo, this book is a motherfucking read. If you're a comic book fan, I can't believe I took this wow. long to read it. It is amazing. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I've read two of the compendiums. I'm going to go pick up uh number three soon. Hopefully by the next time we do a, um, recording but uh 
Yes, I I'm a fucking idiot for never reading this. Dude, book. I'll have to check it out because I know my one buddy. Um, he bought the they have you know this like insane compendium collection that comes in a box or something, and he bought it for like three hundred dollars. Right. And uh, he doesn't live that far away, so he might be getting a call. Well, there's like eight of the, I think there's like eight of these big books, so I'm imagining it's going to cost me three hundred yeah. bucks anyway. I probably yeah, shouldn't just bought it. The and then you get you get that cool one. box, and then you go, yeah, uh, that's a collector's edition, like no big deal. I just got. Yeah, my wife will be my wife will be stoked if I put <laughs> one more shit on the shelf. Al's husband it won a Eisner Award. The Doys. Yes. Oh, that's so there you go. That's a quick. It's exactly. a great book. Um, I um I am officially a house husband right now, which is I'm just not as cool as he is. I wish I should I could go into. I mean, there's like I I could talk some more about house husband, but real quick, like some of the jokes are just like, you know, he's a former yakuza, so drug dealing stuff like this. Like everything is references. At one point, he comes over to his buddy's house to make bread, but you yeah. don't know that because his buddy is like his a former underling mm. with his yakuza clan. And he shows up and he pulls these bags of powder out. And just from the image, you assume it's either heroin or cocaine. No, it's like yeast, <laughs> <laughs> flour. Like it's just so well done, like that every yeah. joke hits, man. It's fucking fun. I mean, but it is a slice of life. So some aren't as funny as others, but that one in particular, the bread one, is really fucking funny. There's a laundry one. It's just so stupid. <laughs> last but not least, okay, this is my last one. This is a brand new book. It's um by Shuzo Oshimi, who did The Flowers of Evil. It's called Blood on the Tracks. I'm not going to say shit about the story, except for it's a boy and his overprotective mother. It is mm. not for kids. It's the only... This is the only book that's out so far. It's brand spanking new. It leaves you on a cliffhanger. I can't wait to read more. It's very good. Frank, of these books... Of all the books that you talked about, what would what one would be like tops for people to read, including the stuff on on um the, uh, the yeah, so I would say that absolute tops. If you were to read one, oh, that's a good question. I kind of want to say Promise Neverland, if only because it's like one of the few things I've read completely and it is completed. So I have like I can be like, yeah, this whole package is great. Um, but uh, Record of Ragnarok, which I talked about that you can't really get in America right now, is also equally as good. Yeah. Those are probably the two that I would say, if you're going to listen to me on anything, read those two. Promise Neverland and Record of Ragnarok. What about you? Yeah, I would say, uh, I, I mean, I just got goosebumps over it. Akira, if you haven't read it yet, like, don't be an idiot like me and wait 40 years. Read the fucking thing. Uh, Way of the House has been. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Like, yeah, read that book. That's all we got. That was, that was a good one. one. Yeah. Long one, too. Well, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. So we got we, we got a lot of build-up. you got to get it out. I had to use this yeah, microphone, exactly. too. I got all the work. Now my cats are going to knock it over and break it. Anything else for this week? Anything else you want to talk about? I covered it all. All right, cool. So now we got to decide what we're going to do next week. I, well, we should attempt to do uh, Demon City Shinjuku, since... It might be streaming on a high dive this week. It might not. It might already have seemed, and now we can't watch mm. it anymore. We'll have to watch the... Yeah. We'll talk about it. Either that or we're going to have to review all the anime that we're back on, which might be a, quite the task, because I'm not even caught up on the stuff that's just on Funimation. <laughs> I'm trying my best. It's a lot. You know, it's like three weekends. That's a yeah. lot of fucking anime. Most of these drop on the weekend. Yeah. Good luck, Jim. R.I.P. Jim. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Goodbye. 
so you say goodbye. I mean, at least I don't work. Well, there you go. So. <laughs> it was a great time then. Yeah. I got plenty of time. It is gorgeous though in Philadelphia. Yes. I'm getting the fuck out of the house today. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. Once again, please share us with your friends and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NewTakuCast. Send us questions, show requests. Our email is newtaku2019 at gmail.com, and we'll talk about all of them on the air. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, and give us five stars, please, on Apple Podcasts. It really pushes us up the rankings. More listeners, more terrible opinions from them. And please subscribe and share. Until next time, and I'm, I'm Jim. Frank. And welcome back, Frank. Yeah. It's good to have you. Gambate. Gambate.